Hey guys tuning in, welcome to the Chisa Pod. I am your host Deepika Naidu, and this week we are chatting with hip-hop jazz soul artist Sitembuli, or as the streets know him, Rudy Chalmers. Son of the late TV personality Morning Live Vuyombuli and Savita Mbuli, the debut musician chats about moving past the shadow of his famous parents and carving a path for himself in the music world. Uyaz umzanzi selevil is filled with flavor, but you know that he ovatla kutseba hore fame iremonganing, or who secured the latest bag, or just who's dripping with sauce, and who's adding the spice. Jonga yongi intonje, because if it's hot, then it's definitely in the cheese pot. Why the stage name Rudy Chalmers? Where does that come from? So it comes from. Thomas is my is my dad's middle name, um, and Rudy is just a short, punchy name that I felt like would work when I decided that I wanted to go with the stage name because I felt like I didn't really want to have my my real name mispronounced by all kinds of people. So I felt like a stage name would be more simple, and that's how I went with with Rudy Thomas. Could you tell tell us more about your musical beginnings to now? How did you discover your passion? So I think my passion it always just kind of came out in in certain ways that it took me a while to realize but but it took me a while to realize that that's actually what was happening like in grade 2 I was a I was a massive fan of the Jonas Brothers and I always used to play the air guitar with an umbrella and I even um got to the point where me and my two friends in class became the Jonas Brothers and our grade 2 teacher used to let us stand in the corner of the classroom on Fridays at the end of the day at the end of the week and she used to let us sing our favorite Jonas Brothers songs to the whole class <laughs> and the whole class would just watch us you know and it became a thing where like they would ask us for our autographs and we were all like 8 year olds having fun and you know we imagined that we were the Jonas Brothers and they also got lost in that kind of world so like those are like my earliest memories of just what I know now to be my musical passion coming out you know in certain ways back then um so i always was interested in songwriters and musicians and, and how they kind of did their thing you know and any kind of material or, or like a documentary that i could find to learn about how they did their stuff i would always be watching um and so when i was about to 10 11 i started writing lyrics just recreationally for fun you know just from everything that i'd seen from from people in the media and people all over the world who make music and then when i was 15 that's when i started sharing that music with my friends and and kind of sharing my writing ability with my friends and that's when i got the feedback from them that said they were like listen this is something that you should maybe really take seriously because you're really good at it and you know we wouldn't like you just because we're your friend so maybe this is something that you should focus on so when i heard that in grade 9 that's when i decided that i was going to take music seriously and try and become a musician for our fans who want to get to know you who is rudy chamas ah <sighs> um i rudy chamas is just a young kid with a dream you know it sounds cliche a young kid with a dream and a passion and a vision for himself you know i'm just a i'm just a young south african boy um who has dreams of making a life for himself by manifesting his passion into 
art, you know, manifesting his thoughts and his dreams into art that people can consume and maybe relate to. Um, that's my main goal for myself. Um, I'm a son, I'm a brother. Um, and yeah. Having two famous South African parents, has this impacted your career in any way? Um, I think that, I think that it has. I think that, um, people have kind of been more open to me trying to make my way into the entertainment space and into the music industry. But also there's been some, you know, a kind of expectation there that, um, you know, I'm going to be able to make it, you know, or mm-hmm. like there's, there's been like a kind of a, a you know, a, a small little pressure that, okay, this is Vuyo's son, this is Savita's son. So he's going to, you know, he's going to have to do this well. But I think more so the openness and the support and the um, excitement, to be honest, about me trying to venture into a similar path as my parents. That's been the overwhelming reception that I've got um, since trying to take on my, my musical dream. Fears and Fantasies, your debut album is here. How did you come up with the concept and why are dreams sort of the central theme of it all? Um, I think that dreams are the central theme of it all because that speaks to exactly where I am in my life at the moment. And that's how I conceptualize the project and that's why I call it Fears and Fantasies because I think when engaging with my dreams and when thinking about them, those are the, the overwhelming emotions that I kind of feel, you know, I I feel an overwhelming fear as well as like an overwhelming level of excitement, you know? Mm -hmm. And my friends have told me quotes where they said that people say that if your dreams don't scare you, then they're not the right ones, you know? Mm -hmm. So there has to kind of be that element of what you're chasing and what you want and what you see for yourself has to be, you know, something that kind of frightens you a bit because It's frightening because if it turns out well, it could honestly turn out better than you ever imagined, you know? And that's why it's scary, and that's why it's also so exciting. So it's that kind of middle ground of emotion um, and navigating, actively chasing one's dream. One of the songs on your album, Miss You, is dedicated to your late father, and it features an audio clip of him interviewing the late President Nelson Mandela. What do you hope fans can take away from the song? Um, I, I hope that fans can take away a, a little memory of both of those, you know, iconic South African figures just by hearing their voices, you know. Like for me, it's it's so beautiful to hear my dad's voice again like that. And it's also super like, I, I obviously, I think that interview took place in like 2001, 2002. So I was super young. So I had no idea that it existed until like, I was, you know, 15. So for me personally, hearing my dad speak to Mandela is quite a, it's quite a lovely thing to hear. And I hope that um, people will feel the same way when they listen to it because, you know, Mandela's voice is so distinct and so, you know, mm-hmm. like homely and Mandela-like, you know. Um, and yeah, and we, we chose that specific clip because we felt like it was the most relevant to music because it's my dad asking Mandela who is, you know, what his musical taste is and and who his favorite artists are. You have this goal of reaching all generations and transcending age with your music. Has this always been important to you? It hasn't always been as important to me as as it has been now. And I think one of the reasons why it's become more important to me is because when I initially started recording in a studio, 
um, my mother was there and my mother was there with a, one of her friends who actually opened up his studio for me, you know? So I had to kind of transition my lyrics at the time when I was about 16 years old, mm-hmm. I had to kind of change them to cater to the fact that I was going to be making music, you know, in front of my mother, mm-hmm. you know? So then my, my writing style kind of just, it, it bent and it lended itself towards the older age group that was immediately taking it in before it even released itself, you know, before mm-hmm. it even came out. My mom was already consuming it and people in her age group were already consuming it. And so I obviously kept that, that feeling of being able to connect with my peers, you know, because I'm making music from the music that we all hearing and loving and engaging with, you know, and I, I have that connection to my age group. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I've also been able to make music that, that is palatable for, for different age groups because of that. And I don't, that's not something that I want to lose now, you know, now that I've been able to kind of unlock that avenue and hear positive responses from many generations, I don't want to lose that now. You work with a number of genres in your music, such as hip hop, jazz, some soul. Do you enjoy being in a category of your own when it comes to music? I do. I really love it, but it's also, it's, it's quite tricky. And I think it's it's quite tricky, especially in the initial stages, you know, because I think this is the first project that I've made where I've, I've fleshed out this kind of unique genre to the best of my ability, you know, but it's only one project. So it's still for a lot of people difficult to define and, and, and hard to place. And, you know, it, sometimes things are stressful for people when they're difficult to define, you know, and hard to place. So I think as I as I make more music and as I hone that sound even more and and kind of give people a more a, a, a clearer definition with more music of what the actual sound is and you know kind of carve that that genre out in in the south african music industry i think it's going to be it's going to be a worthwhile journey for me having chosen to kind of you know go in this let's say unique um path sonically how do you feel about the way music is still categorized along rigid genre lines? Um, I think, I, I guess it's, it's, it's something that I, I don't actively think about, but I guess in the way that my music has come out, I guess I, I am kind of against that feeling, you know? I am kind of against having to be put in one specific area. Unless you are, well, you know, unless you are clearly in a, in a distinct genre. Um, but I think... I think that is changing more and more. And I think music is being influenced by all kinds of spheres more and more. And, and the music that is coming out is, is, is completely different. Like, I mean, there's a, I, I don't know what the song is called, but it's, it's all over the South African charts now. And it's, it's, it's a mixture of pop and I'm a piano. And I think the, the, it's, it's a, it's a girl singer who's, I think she's like 19 years old. And there's a, there's Talking a, about Tyler. A yes. Yes. That's, yeah. you know, yeah. so yeah. that's like, that's already a huge infusion that I never even thought I would encounter, you know, pop tempo singing over I'm a piano beat and it works, you know, it works perfectly. People are loving it. So I think the more that music comes out, the more multi influenced sounds we're going to be able to engage with and get used to, you know, and, and then appreciate. Coming on to the South African music industry scene, who are some of your biggest inspirations in the industry? Um, so I would say that my biggest influences came when I was probably about five, six, seven years old. I used to 
I used to love Pantsula music. I used to love Brown Dash, um, Mendoza. Um, I used to love DJ Smoo, and, and he used to wear a pal- balaclava, and he became Zegezek. You know, mm-hmm. so I I used to love all those kind of guys, all those like funky, cool kind of you know dancing, baggy pants, sporty kind of halfway down the head. Um, and then as I got older, KO was huge for me as well. I used to love KO. KO, I always felt like was the best rapper in South Africa when in about like 2013-14, when South African hip hop was like going in a new direction, when AKA was you know p- pulling out bangers, Run Josie was all over the radio. Um, I always felt like KO was the best rapper and KO was a big influence for me. And more recently, I would say Shane Eagle. Shane Eagle is, is huge influence for me. I love his style. I love the honesty that he raps with. And I would, to ask myself another question and give you an answer, in South Africa right now, Shane Eagle would be a huge feature for me. That's, that's probably my dream feature at the moment in South Africa, Shane Eagle. Besides your music, what else can our readers expect from you in the future? Um, the readers can definitely expect an attempt. I don't know whether it's going to be successful or not. I, I hope that it will. An attempt to transition into um, other creative mediums. In high school, I really loved theater. And I actually got the opportunity to write two plays. One in grade 11 and one in matric that were entered into drama festivals in Johannesburg. Mm-hmm. Because my best friend, so my best friend and I, we were, we were lucky because we went to a school with quite a strong drama department. Mm-hmm. And, and his mom was actually the head of that department. So she was quite enthusiastic about theater and used to take us to a lot of plays, you know, and we used to, um, get help from some of the more, um, talented actors in South Africa um, so definitely in the next five years or I would say two, three to five years there will definitely be a transition into theatre whether that be um, even, even in the form of, of some short film directing you know writing producing scoring um, theatre itself as theatres open up kind of rebuilding that legacy of South African theatre because South African theatre is so beautiful has such a rich history you know and was such a strong part of like the struggle against apartheid and also such a strong part of the coming into democracy was south african theater so kind of trying to invest in that once i'm a more established artist trying to you know just broaden my horizons and 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 feed more of my passions thank you so much for this interview it was great Cool, thank you so much. Um, and yeah, it was, it was lovely to talk to you guys.